Welcome to the Ultimate Coach Podcast, Conversations from Being, inspired by the book, The Ultimate Coach, written by Amy Hardison and Alan Thompson. Join us each week with the intention of expanding your state of being, and your experience will be remarkable. Remember, this is a podcast about being. It is a podcast about you. To explore more deeply, visit theultimatecoachbook.com. Now, enjoy today's conversation from B. Hello, and welcome back to the Ultimate Coach Podcast. I'm Ipek Williamson, one of the hosts for this show, and today I'm really excited to introduce a remarkable individual whose journey exemplifies the essence of personal growth and transformation. And Mary O'Halloran, a certified Wisdom Center life coach, behavioral therapist, hypnotherapist, and more. And Marie, welcome to the show. Thank you, Epac. I'm very honored to be here. Thank you. Well, you are one of the bubbliest, most energy-filled, joyful members of the Ultimate Coach community that I know of, and Marie. Can you share the story of how you were introduced to the Ultimate Coach book by Amy Hardison and Ellen D. Thompson. Let's talk about that a little bit first before getting to, to you joining the community. Oh, yes. And thank you so much for asking that question because I love telling the story about it. I was actually in a very da- uh, dark place in 2021, and I spent eight months total in bed. Five months was continuous following the year of losing my father, the patriarch of the family, which was difficult, difficult on the family. And so in bed, I got very creative, and I, I even on my back in my bed for five months, I started writing a book, and um it was about returning home to a dying parent because all my friends this age are doing that and stepping back into a dysfunctional family. And the past you've left behind has now become your present and your future. So this is not uncommon. I don't see myself as so unique. Others will have experienced my experiences. Judy Thurston was my writing coach. And... After you have a major surgery like that, you were not supposed to fly for six months to a year, I believe, uh, to prevent embolism. You can actually have an artery explode in an airplane and die. And I was not at the point where I was free to fly yet. And Judy said to me, I think you need to come to Arizona, come to my retreat. And by the way, on Sunday, there's a book signing. Please buy this book and get on an airplane. So here I am literally risking my own life to get out of my bed, only weeks out of bed, to fly to Arizona, to have this book on Kindle, reading it feverishly and furiously like a high school student late for a forgotten assignment. And I'm not absorbing it. I'm just taking it in like like chugging water, like as fast (laughs) as I can get it down. And I get to this retreat that was phenomenal. I think there was eight or 12 women, and we all went to the event, the book signing in Arizona. Now, the funny thing is, Judy 
had just held a retreat. She didn't stay home. She didn't meditate. She didn't do breathing exercises. She was feeding us breakfast and dressing herself and running out the door. And that's how powerful she was. And being with her, we sat very close to the front. In fact, I was sitting right behind Steve and Amy, and I was class clown. And if I have a side remark and a side crack, it comes out. And so here I am chuckling and Amy's chuckling. And then we go to the after party and I meet Steve and Karen Rye and Gabby Puma and these are Sarah Nani, Alex Dumas, all these people not knowing who any of them are. And so it was like going to this great banquet and having no way to digest it. I had taken a real big bite out of the apple. I went how to chew it all up. But it wasn't until I got into the community that I was really able to digest what had just happened to me. And if it had not been for Judy inviting me to right treat, I can seriously not know where my life would be right now. Um, I would it, it, it saved my life, this community, that weekend, that moment. Wow, wow, wow. <laughs> I'm so glad I asked the question, yes. And um, the Ultimate Coach community seems to have played a significant role in your journey, uh, just like it did on many of us. So can you elaborate on the kind of impact this community has had on your personal life and professional approach, Anne-Marie? Yes, um, significant is an absolute understatement. I am radiating. Somebody once told me that all of my qualities are like ingredients in a stew sitting on the back burner and one day my stew will be served. And sweetheart, it's time to grab a bowl and a spoon because it's coming to the front burner. And it's because of this group that that has happened. So what it is with my personal professional. So first of all, it's genuinely changed my life on a molecular level. And from there, I'm able to serve others from knowing who I am. I was told who I was through projection and triangulation of traumatic abuse. I had nobody reflecting any goodness back at me. People on this site, for instance, you at your introduction of me, I had never seen that as if I was looking at myself through a foggy mirror my entire life. And this, this group has cleared that fog that I can undeniably accept my truth and live it truthfully and genuinely with integrity and pride and and serve others from that space. So how I've actually connected with this group is through connection bingo. Also just reaching out and telling people I feel a nudge, let's connect. I've personally connected with over 100 people. I've personally given away over 30 books. 22 of them were in India. I personally travel to spend time face-to-face with as many um, TUC members as I can. For instance, my saying is, everybody's taller on Zoom except Dave Borton, okay? <laughs> but Dave, Dave and Steve are about the same height, but very different stature. So I like to feel the presence of the energy. I've been to the Arizona event, didn't know much. I went to the India event. That was much more impact- impactful I will be going to the Birmingham event, traveling extensively through the UK. But even in Arizona, I went for my birthday. I spent a day with three different members. I met with um, Lane Nenning, who took me to a play. 
I had coffee with Julian Hill, uh, Wyatt, Hello Wyatt. For, we are a philosophical where wisdom and, and wit combined. And then I had dinner with Andrea Mullen. The next day I had my birthday with, you know, Lindsay and Casey Gilman, Judy Thurston, Martha, Martha Jeffers, all these people, Simone Holly and, you know, and then I ended up, I drive all the time to go see um, Irene Jenkins and Judy Cutler because they live relatively close. And so I work with energy. I love to feel people's energy. So I make it a point to touch physically as many people as I can. And until I come your way on the map, I encourage everybody to reach out to me, DM me, and I'll be there with you in spirit and I'll bring my energy to you. Wow, this is uh, so amazing. And I'm so glad you are my first ever guest on the Ultimate Coach podcast today, Anne Marie, because I thought you have a different energy, you have a different way of showing up. And really, it, it's an honor to have you here. And how, what a beautiful example you are to this community. So thank you for sharing all this with us. And many listeners right now in our audience may be curious about the transformations you have witnessed since embracing the teachings of the Ultimate Coach book and engaging with the uh, community. Could you maybe highlight a specific instance, situation where these concepts catalyzed in a, a change in your perspective? Or like, can you come up with an example of what it is like? Yes. It's as if, okay, so so Steve Hardison says to look for the gold. And I lived in gold country in California. So if you look at gold and how they have to find a claim and you find a vein and you strike the mother load and sometimes you're panning and you only get small nuggets and sometimes you get the mother load. In all things, my perspective now is looking for the gold and following that vein and that thread, right? But it's about changing my perspective and changing your perspective. It's about changing your vision and your focus because vision and focus are nothing without the other. Vision without focus is nothing. Focus without vision is nothing. And through TUC, it has really helped me synergize those two things in the way that I see the world and myself in the world. Because we say, you know, he said in the book, we don't see the world as it is, we see it as we are. And I was not able to see who I was or how I was until this fruit. And now I am undeniably standing in my truth. Now, the most monumental thing was Daniel Harner teaching me about generational loving your ancestors sure. and healing your path. He's very, very good at that. Um, I had a major download in India in the Lotus Temple in New Delhi that was very transformational. I don't know if it was India or the book. It followed up with about a 10 or 15 minute conversation with Steve Hardison who called me. I was on a taxi at the middle of the night, you know, because he's going to call you. He doesn't care what time it is. <laughs> and, uh, and, but he was watching me and he saw what I was becoming in India 
and the role that I accepted and how the Indian people saw me. And I, I felt like a beautiful peony, which is a beautiful unfurling flower. It just keeps coming out papery, beautiful, delicate, gracefully. And I see that in myself. I see it in everybody taking chances and, and, and take things that are possible in others as possible in us. Wolfgang and Dave doing the world, Minda Pacheco selling everything to live in an attic in France, James Klein not renewing his lease. What is possible for them is possible for us. What is possible for me is possible for you without judgment or criticism or comparison. Where in the world have we ever felt this kind of community that somebody is not trying to judge you on your success or not trying to give you a hand up or a, a foothold, right? It's just so much support in this group, like being on a tightrope and we're going to balance, we're going to balance, you know, that bar can go either way and we got it. And if we fall, there's, there's nothing to fear. If we <laughs> fall, we fall in the arms of compassion and loving non-judgment. What a place to be. Isn't that beautiful? Yes. And you, I know you are very active in the community too. You are in the the Ultimate Coach book reading uh, moderators team. We were together, you and I, for the season three, and now season four is coming. How how are you feeling about that? How do you like it? Oh well, let's see. If you took a bath in a in a, a bathtub full of seltzer water, how would you feel? <laughs> That's how I feel. Completely invigorated to my core. It's powerful conversations. It's sacred space. It's community and creative think tanking. I mean, it, this would be a dream job, wouldn't it? I mean, boy, how would you sign up to that? I don't know. I would love it. I would love to get an income just from doing what I do. But I know that God's not a fool and it says on money and God we trust. And so I do. Yeah. <laughs> right. But yes, I'm very active with the community. I'm very active with the book reading. And like I said, I do the connection bingos, you know, and it's whatever you choose. TUC offers so many things like the podcast, they're on LinkedIn, on Instagram. It's like going to a salad bar. You can choose whatever you want, take a bite, you don't like it, scoot it to the side, eat what really nourishes you. And it's like making an investment in yourself into a brass piggy bag. If you don't put anything in it, you're not going to hear any jingle jangle. It's the investment that you put into yourself because you are worth it. Yes. Yeah. This is where you figure out how much you are worth and how much value you have. It's right here. I mean, it's like TUC is like going into Thomas Cook Exchange Bank anywhere in the world and saying, here's what I have. What can I get for? And they're like, oh, two times as much, five times as much. Your value here is exponential. Oh. Look at that currency exchange of our spirit. Yes, yes, absolutely. And, you know, it this being in this community also impacted my relationships with my loved ones, people around me, like my close people. So uh, did how did you see uh, that in, in your relationships with your your own personal community? Well, first of all, if we are all born whole and complete with nothing to fix or change, we need to look at everybody in the world like that. Yeah. My cousin once also told me that God doesn't love us like we are the lost ones on earth. He loves us like we're the only one here. Mm-hmm. So we also need to love everybody like that, that they are also the only one here. 
No, I love that. I also live by the premise that God has more faith in me than I have in him, and he's really good with that. So it's very, very easy for me to be forgiving upon myself. Yeah. Yeah, so there's a lot of little analogies and, you know, things I get to to incorporate this into my life. And can you please repeat the question, APAC? <laughs> How did being a part of this community and uh, this much yes. love and compassion impacted your relationship with your loved ones around you? Love is all there is, like the Beatles say, like everybody on the and so I see them with that. I see I see them however I have to see them. If it's a difficult relationship, I might see them as if they've just been diagnosed with terminal illness and every moment I, they have with them is precious. Whatever mindset I have to get around, but it is really about love. And I am just scattering it around like fertilizer in a field. And I grew up where love was a weapon and it was used as a bargaining chip, so it wasn't given away freely. So this is something very, very new to me. And what I love about it is I realize I love loving. I love loving you. I love loving everybody. I love loving me. I love loving life. I've become a very powerful prayer now, not not the power of prayer, but praying powerfully, which has shifted my life. I've learned that here. There's so much that I've incorporated. But the people in my life have, have noticed a change. They're like, you are different. There is no going back. We are standing out of your way. You are onto something magnificent. It is coming from every corner of my of my environment that people are saying, you are on the threshold. And I feel it. I feel it. And I feel it too, Anne-Marie. Uh, me, like could say that's the reason why I wanted you to be my guest because I have been watching you. I have been watching you, how you have been blooming in this uh, community. Uh, and I really wanted others to come across you and listen to you and listen to your passion and excitement so that like, because yours is so contagious <laughs> and it's, <laughs> it's, you are so amazing. So I want more people to be aware of your amazingness. And when you go back to the book, the Ultimate Coach book, when you think of parts that resonated the most with you, did you have any aha moments that led to profound shifts? Or I know the book is full of those, but is there one that is the most pronounced for you, more, more impactful for you that you can share? Yeah, well, currently I'm in the demolition phase. And and I think that in that chapter is where he says, burn it all down and there's no one coming to save you. And like I said, if God loves me like I'm the only one here, then then I have all the strength and courage to manage this entire world all by myself. And all the beauty and abundance in the world is also for my taking. There's nobody else, okay, if you use that saying. Now, imagine I'm that alone in the world, just me and God, but it's a deserted island. Somebody suddenly shows up. How much are you going to love that one person? You've been on a deserted island, only you and your God. You're going to be so in love. 
Like, hi, I love you. Come see my island, right? And so I realized that I'm an army of one in this world. And often people feel this way, but they feel like a private in the trenches, like not knowing the uncertainty of war and who's making these plans instead of taking charge of being the general in the air-conditioned office with the topographical map, making the strategy and taking control of their lives. So if, if war is a battlefield or even the song love is a battlefield, what is your strategy? What's your vision? How can you be like, you know, I'm very much like Gandhi, like the how he's able to be steadfast in his beliefs without wishing any ill will on his oppressors. And uh, so that's how I like to try to be. But so I'm coming at life with the mindset of a general now and that I'm in control and this is my army. It's just me and God. He's my general, right? He's my commanding officer here. And and I've got it all, I've got it all under control. Beautiful. I create that. I don't create it. I dispel it. Because that's another thing I also tell people is faith and doubt cannot coexist. And so you must have one over the other. One will negate the other. My daughter was an international snowboarding champion who did not know how to snowboard when she began. Well, and I would tell her that, you know, your mountain is like a wave, like a surfer. It doesn't matter. Every wave, every mountain is yours. And if you have one drop of doubt and you're an Olympic athlete, one drop of doubt, you've lost any one of three medals, sister. You can come in fifth, seventh, but you are not taking on the gold, bronze, or silver. That's it. And so I like to sit in the faith as much as possible. That's the place to be. That's where creation happens. Faith in yourself, faith in your creator, and knowing that the creator has more faith in us than we have in whoever it is. I don't care if you have one God or a thousand and one gods, as long as you have someone, something. (laughs) Yes, absolutely. And you know, it's not about even believing, it's knowing. Knowing. It's the knowing. Certainly, being certain. It's the knowing as a as a noun, not as a verb. So to be in the do know something is a is an action, but to be in the know, have a knowing, that's a certain kind of clairvoyance called claircognizance. And you don't have any fear. There is no doubt. You just sit back. Which is funny because the other thing that I'm really looking at in the book is lean. And all you have to do is lean. <laughs> like on so in the threshold, it's just lean forward. That's how close it is. Absolutely. Beautiful. I I don't know if you have uh, worked on your I am statement, your document, but if you had, how has it been? How did it evolve over time? And also, could you share a couple of lines from it maybe? Yes, definitely. My document is a living, breathing thing, like a baby that I'm birthing, and it hasn't even learned how to walk yet. <laughs> you know, just like I've been burping it and feeding it for a while. It's been sitting <laughs> up all over the place. You know, it's a little messy right now, but I'm getting ground. I'm getting my footing with it. And one of the greatest ones I have is right at the beginning is, I'm a child of God. I am a mate in the image of my creator, and I am here to create because as a woman, and as a, especially as a woman, but as a human being, we can create a lot of things. We can graft a tree, you know, 
And whatever, whatever God has created, he's given us the opportunity to create it here on earth, heaven on earth, as it is in heaven, as the prayer says, right? And I was at a party once, this is great, and my cousin's married to a movie producer from Hollywood, and I, I was an at-home while I'm doing daycare, and somebody asked what I did. I said I was a producer, and they said, he gave me a dirty look, and I said, well, I am a reproducer. I make human beings, so there. So see how you can create anything God creates? That's, what, that's how easy it is, right? I love that one. But but here's another one. I am the vessel for universal wisdom, and my wisdom brings peace of mind to me and everyone I meet. I am born to elevate others to a higher sense of themselves. I am courage and confidence emulated. I am fearless because God tells me to fear not. I'm a healing light in the dark corners of your mind. I'm a good friend. I make exceptions, not excuses. But those are just a few of the things that I have. Yeah, I'm fun and laughter. And when I went to India, I went to Gandhi's home and in his bedroom said, my life is my message. And so no matter how beautiful and shiny or dull and troubled your life is, whatever we've been served, it's our message. It's what you're going to make of it. Wow. It's what you make of that. Mm-hmm. Oh, beautiful. My life is my message. Wow. So profound, really. You know, when we when we look at our lives, we are all in a journey of personal growth, right? And that sometimes become <laughs> look like a roller coaster. So can you speak to any challenges you encountered while integrating the teachings from the book and the community into your life and coaching practice? Any things that you thought, well, what about this? How how could this happen or how could that happen better? What is your take on that? You know, it's messy. I just want to let everybody know that there's some people out there that make this personal development look really, really easy. And in the beginning, I used to equate it to like a yo-yo. You go, you get up, but then you go down, but you don't stay down as long because people are thinking, oh my God, it's all rainbows and butterflies. And it's like, no, it's not. It's rainstorms and cocoons. That's the only way you're going to get rainbows and butterflies is if you go in the cocoon or you go through the rainstorm. So you can't get one without the other, Right. And when I first joined, I started doing lives very seriously around August or July last year with Eric Lothholm's challenges. And I was really raw and vulnerable in those. I didn't realize the impact I was making. Once I was in such state of despair, I just put the camera down and did a black video. And people were calling me from around the world and said, please do not stop. I am doing my cardio to you. People started saying, I start my day with you. I look forward to you. I hear your voice. I stop in my tracks. It's your conviction of which you speak. I didn't realize the power of that. That's the power of I said of prayer. If I speak with the conviction here and I'm saying it directly to God, he's bound to listen. If people are going to listen, they're going to listen, right? So, yeah. So I actually did one video where I cried for eight minutes long, nonstop, snot on my sleeve. I, that's how raw I would come. And so, I mean, people can go and look this stuff up. And another woman called to reach out to me and said, I would like to do a lie, but I'm scared. And I wrote 
If you are scared, call me because I am fearless. And as soon as that word came onto the screen, I realized I was a hypocrite because if I was fearless, I would be doing stand-up comedy. And <laughs> so that Wednesday, four days later or three days later, I was on stage doing stand-up comedy. I wrote nothing down. I filled myself with the spirit. And just like in the book where Steve Hardison asked a woman, she says, I can't do that. Well, who would you have to be? She says, maybe who could do that? Maybe Julia Roberts. He doesn't be that. I went there and sat there and thought Steve Hardison would do this. He would sit here. He wouldn't repair. He would feel this confident. I am that. He is me. It, all we are are reflections. No projections here. Just mirrors, coaches, cheerleaders. It's phenomenal. Oh, I really love this uh, story. And well, congratulations for doing that. And and I, you are so inspiring. And you did like what solo travel, open water swimming. You have you have been to a competition about like mothers. Uh, can you tell me about those? Yes, things? yes. I actually I train all year, so I'm in my sixties. And my father was a San Francisco Bay swimmer, which is very cold. And we used to swim for his birthday. I became a cold water swimmer and I swim in Alpine Lake, which means they are fed by snow. And we still have snow in California, so water is in the 50s. I swim the backstroke. And so I'm looking at the sky, had no bearing to where the course is. I add my unnecessary mileage to my swim. But I'm filled with the beauty and the gratitude and the gold. This is in gold country, first of all. I'm looking at the clear blue skies, the Sierra Mountains, and I get in a mindset. The first third, the first one third of the lap is, oh my God, this is so cold. Why the heck am I doing it? And I bring on all my cheerleaders from this group. Everybody who sees me that I can do this are with me. I breathe them in. In Neil Walsh's book, one of the conversations with God, he said, every breath that's ever been exhaled in this world still exists in this world. You can easily inhale Jesus Christ as you can Hitler. And so it's what are we also adding to that? Who are we taking in and what are we putting out? Well, here I am in the water. I've got half the TUC gang with me as my cheerleaders. I'm swimming you know, looking at the sky, I'm breathing, Wolfgang's 509 breathing. I've got Dave Orton telling me, you are a freaking goddess, never forget it. You know, so I've got my coaches, my cheerleaders, everybody's with me when I do my swims. I am not alone. And I just feel like a champion. I feel like a team. Here I am, a team of one, Aria one, and yet I'm surrounded. And I breathe in TUC all day long, all day long. It's going to be somebody. I'm never without TUC. It's like it's like having eyeglasses. You would never forget your eyeglasses. So powerful. Thank you for sharing all this, really. And you're right. You're never alone. You're always with us, all of us, each and every one of us. So thank you so much for this opportunity for being my guest today, Anne-Marie. I'd love our listeners to connect with you. How can people connect with you and learn more about the work you're doing? Yeah, well, currently I'm, I'm primarily on Facebook and I'm not on other social media things. I do prefer to connect one-on-one -on -one with connections. I uh, have been hacked severely over the past. So I'm not prone to take random friend requests on Facebook, but I do encourage anybody to direct message me. Please do. And 
you know, just say, you know, me from TUC or from this podcast, and I will definitely reach out to you for a, con- a powerful connection call. I am prone to leave people much better than I found them. At the very least, you're going to have a very entertaining session with me because I did win San Francisco's Funniest Mother in America in 2009 for Nick and Night Television. So I am a stand-up comedian, you know, so we're going to have fun at the very least. I'm going to have two websites coming out at the end of the year, which will I'll put on my Facebook, but primarily it will be annemarieohalloran.com and my book, which is turningtragicintomagic.com. And as I grow and I come into that doorway, because I'm only on the threshold, all these other things will be will be coming into play. I also invite anybody to travel with me. If I say I'm going to travel, invite yourself. I travel alone. I, I'm, I'm very experiential. You have to be with me. This whole be with session thing is that's who I am. You need to be with me. So that's what I encourage most of all. If I'm traveling, you see me. If you live close, I'll come. I'm never too busy for anybody. Just like Mother Teresa said, somebody asked her, why do you help everybody? She goes, I help nobody. She didn't tell me to help. He told me to love. I just love everybody. She loves everybody. I don't choose anybody to love. I just love everybody. And I make, my, I make myself very available to everybody because when I started this group, I was in deep state of despair and darkness. Mm. And it was through the light that other people's held for me like candles. We are like candles on a birthday cake and this world is our birthday cake. And when you go to Birmingham or India or another event or even on a pot, other than on, you know, and what is it, anniversary or a 300 people Zoom or something like that. It's like putting all the candles together in the middle of the, and the heavens can see to shine because that's how bright we are. Mm. Beautiful. What a beautiful yeah. closing to our conversation. Thank you so much. Thank you so much, Anne-Marie. For well, I would like to close with one comment I was discussing with uh, Andrea Boslar last night, and it was Cheryl Smith made a comment to me about to be commitment. She said, you are commitment with a lowercase d. Anne-Marie, how are you going to be commitment with an uppercase d? And I don't care whether you're talking about commitment, faith, integrity, whatever you're trying to up your game. Imagine your your keyboard of your computer. All it takes is the shift key. That's all it is. Use the shift key. Bring yourself into a higher level. Put in all caps. And now you have something to capitalize on. And that thing is you. Best asset you'll ever own. Wow. I have chills hearing this. And Marie, thank you for sharing your gift with us in our conversation and the way you show up in the world. You've been a gift to our community and our listeners today. So thank you for who you are being. Thank you, Yipak, for seeing me and recognizing who I'm being. Thank you for inviting me here. I love you so much with all my heart. I say I don't love you from the bottom of my heart because that's a bad neighborhood. Go with all. (laughs) I love you too, Anne-Marie. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for listening. If you know someone who would benefit from today's conversation, please share this podcast with them. Also, we invite you to visit theultimatecoachbook.com so you can continue your personal exploration of being. There you will find links to join our wonderful community, get your own copy of The Ultimate Coach Book, 
and more. Simply go now to www.theultimatecoachbook.com. That's www.theultimatecoachbook.com. The link is also available in the show notes. We appreciate your support. Be blessed. Be you.